Introducing Mortgage Matters. This is a great time to go buy a house. This is when the real estate fortunes are made. A show dedicated to helping you navigate the challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were put into conservatorship in 2008 and continued to dominate the mortgage market. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Brody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess... Is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? It's talking about time about. for Mortgage Matters. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. The music bed's wrong again. Well, not oh, the music, but the, the intro, the, the yeah. Bumper, the, yeah, the intro It bumper. says that it's Dan, and it's not Dan. I know. We need to just, you know, re-edit that whole thing. This is, this is though, uh, in Dan's run of days off, this is Dan's last of the batch. So okay. it'll be back to more accurate. I, I had an idea, though. I probably should talk to you about it off the air, but I kind of was thinking about... Um, do you have an iPhone? You have a you have a I don't, you uh, have one of those him uh, Android phones, right? I'm one of those dumb phones. Still, oh really? You're like totally, a flip phone totally, guy. I'm totally happy with it. Anyway, yeah, well, fine then. I won't even try to talk to you about technology. You have yeah. a flip phone. No, I'm pretty up on that. I'm just not <laughs> real. Ha- I just don't care. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, joining me in the studio today, then um, because we couldn't have Dan, we have Will. <laughs> yeah, you settled. Oh, now you're on. Say, yeah, now. Hey. Oh, yeah. I know you had a saddle there, yeah. but you know it'll work out. Uh, Will doesn't do the show very often. Always fun. Um, extra pink right now, kind of freaking me out a little bit. Yeah, extra yeah. pink. Yeah, yeah. Looks embarrassed or something. Does that Jim? Does he look pink to you? A little I, bit. Do yeah, I look embarrassed? Um. I don't know about embarrassed, but maybe. <laughs> I've never seen Possibly. you be embarrassed before. No, I've, I'm, I'm not think, embarrassed type of human no, being. I don't think Will. I don't think he gets embarrassed very easily. Yeah. No, no. I took a vitamin B3, and it makes me red for a minute. <laughs> mm. You're well. It's working. <laughs> That's the yeah. Hey, hey. I got to tell you, the first time it freaked me out. You yeah. Know, I thought something bad was happening. Now it's, it's kind of got good to me. Uh-huh. I kind of like the flush. It makes me. Uh, I don't know. Heats yeah. you up, makes you feel alive for a minute, and then it goes uh, away. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first time I ever took a pill containing niacin, I ate the thing and then um, started to feel like you look right now. <laughs> and I had no idea that they were related, and I thought, oh, man, I'm going to die right now. I did, too. I, it really freaked me out. <laughs> and then I started trying to like research... Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I took it in a whole handful of supplements. So now I'm trying to Google this side effect of all. I took a pill. It's got like 20 I'm different dying. things in it. Um, see, I, and I would never make a good druggie for that reason. I took a vitamin and had a, like, a scary side effect that caused me anxiety. It had so. a bad reaction, huh? So you can keep all the Oxycontins, all that. I don't need my share of those. Okay. There you go. Well, good for you. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Um, well, we have a, a guest here in the studio this morning. We may as well introduce. We've seen Jim to t- toggle the switch here on the mic. Yeah, I got it right there. Said, yeah, you're live, boy. There it is. Very there good. There go. we go. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome. Gary, right? Gary Brown. Gary, Gary Brown. Brown. That's it. 
Agent like, GB, like Agent Gary the Brown. Gary, the Gary Brown? If there's such a thing as the Gary Brown, then I guess I could try to <laughs> he do would that. He would be the Gary Brown. I, I like think you're right. Jason Grody. I just like always <laughs> saying like, that to people because then it makes you like wonder, well, am I? Like, like, the, I'm the John uh, Smith or something like that. Yeah. I'm the Jason Grody, I'll tell you that. Well, there's yeah, got to be like three of you around somewhere. Yeah. Uh, there, you know, you guys all done the game where you Google yourself. Yes, yes. There's, I'll do it. I'll do it right now and tell you again. This guy, there's a guy named Jason Grody. Yep. Um, he's a playwright. He has a website, JasonGrody.com. This dude looks nothing like me, which shouldn't be surprising, but um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I don't think that's like a prerequisite for naming the kid. They have to look all the same. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of strange because when you Google my name, a playwright comes up too, who also was a priest, which is... For real? Yeah, yeah. That's bizarre. I'm going to look strange. at... Do it, do it. Will Barnaby... I think you got to put in William. Oh, it came up. Will Central Coast Lending. That's not what I'm looking for. You're too... You're, that's because the marketing's I'm working the, too That's because well. I'm the Will Barnaby. Apparently he is. Yeah, I, I think we just proved it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, I've got I've got uh, a doctor, a racing driver. I've got uh, somebody that's a big week. No, for me. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. For uh, and then uh, a big week at uh, Clear Channel Radio. So there you are. Well, well I have a computer in front of me, but I think Gary Brown is a uh, a jazz player or something like that. If you search for Gary Brown, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Will. Yes, my sir. new favorite thing about you. In Googling you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds kind of dirty. Yeah. <laughs> I think one I should have enjoyed it. One of the things that pulls up says, um, Will Barnaby Shatner Jones. Is is the old, like, infamous Bill Shatner, is his, does he have Barnaby in his name? You, you're almost Bill Shatner. I did not know that. I did That's not know that. That's pretty wild. I, I didn't click the thing. I've it's, had a lot of fun with that name, though, Bill Shatner. Mm-hmm. William Shatner Barnaby Jones. Huh, that can't be the same guy. No, it's probably not. Is it William Shatner on Barnaby Jones, the old television show? Oh, that is a show, huh? Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. See, that, I, now I am sad that I did click the thing. I yeah. wanted just to, to leave the for illusion. you to share the name with. Sorry. To share most of your name with Bill Shatner. There was a <laughs> show <laughs> called Barnaby Jones. Yeah. So I just Googled Gary Brown and. Or whatever, and it comes up with Gary Allen Brown, which is pretty trippy because that is my middle name. So this guy's Gary Allen Brown is exactly the Does same. Does he look name. like you? No, but he played for the San Francisco Giants in 2014. So you I was pretty be... excited for a minute, but then he got he got traded like right away. So yeah, and he's probably quite a bit younger than you. What? <laughs> yeah, I suppose he is, and probably a significantly better baseball player. Yeah, it could be. You could probably pass for an ex football player, though. Ex. Yeah, yeah, not current. You're clearly no. not in football player shape today. <laughs> no, but, that is not. But then. Yes. Um, all right, well, that's fun. Look at that. It's a fun way to break the ice here on the show. Yes, playwright, yes. playwright, uh, ex-NFLer. There you go. No, baseball. Uh, Ex-baseball, sorry. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, well, you you could be in baseball shape, actually. There's some there's some baseball guys that are – they. They no. look like they should be doing curling in the Olympics or something. I said this the other night. I said baseball is the only professional sport where guys look like that, and the whole room turned on me. They they were upset that I pointed out that some of these guys looked like my middle age buddies. Right. Yeah. But, but some like, of them do not. Some of them do not. 
right. yeah. in all fairness. But there's a few of those guys up to bat, and I went, you know, my belly's smaller than theirs. Um, I mean, there's a few guys that come to mind, but um, yeah, there's some dudes in baseball that are not um, just not. They don't look like they're in shape. No, it's no. wild. They're making, you know, twenty million dollars a year or whatever racket that is. Yes, yes. So what we're saying is, there's still a chance. There's yeah. still a chance we've got a shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Gary. Hi. How's it going? Very well. Thank you. Good, good, good. I'm uh, excited to be here. Excited to have Will. Will looking less pink now. It, it must, does. It does must, fade pretty quick. Must be on the on the downside here. Of yeah. The pill. Yep. Um, but we we're meeting for the first time this morning, so I can do kind of a um, right. We're meeting for the first time. Have we met before? Uh, not that I recall. Good. So, so we'll we go can do that. a we can do a pretty like uh, a normal flowing interview. Thing yeah, like a to- total drill down. Yeah. So, um, the Gary Brown, <laughs> real estate agent. Um, where do you work? I work for a company called Home Smart PV and Associates. Okay. Um, they're actually a company that started it out in uh, the Valley, in Fresno, Bakers, uh, Fresno Modesto, um, and uh, Manteca. And I was in Fresno when I hooked up with these guys. Uh, but I was still working in this area because I was only in Fresno for a temporary time. And okay. um, I talked to them about having me move over here and still run the company for, or run you know this area for the company. And, uh, yeah, they were all for it. So, How long have you been over here? So I moved back over here from Fresno in May of, uh, was it last year? So 17? Yeah, it was May of 17. May of 17. Awesome. I was only gone for a couple of years. Yeah. He left with a plan and came back quicker than anticipated. Yeah. I had to do some things for for some other work stuff and uh, took me out of the area for a couple of minutes. Actually, I was gone for two and a half years, but I've been here since 2003 other than that. Oh, yeah. What, What were you doing since 2003? So I moved here in 2003 as a real estate appraiser. Uh, oh. That's what I came down here for. I was up in the Bay Area as an electronics engineer doing the whole uh, dot-com thing out there. And um, I got laid off, and my wife was uh, doing appraisal work then. And so I started working with her, waiting to find another job, and realized that uh, it was better to be able to hang out with her all day. And sure. I liked the real estate appraisal thing. And then we saw that there was a huge uh, lack of appraisers down here in the in this area. Mm-hmm. So we she was from here, so we just moved back down here for her and down here for me. So I started a real estate company back then. And it was booming from day one. It was crazy. Yeah, it was a good era. There was a lot of volume. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was uh, no shortage of work. There's no doubt. Yeah, right. Well, and that was back in the like that '03 era. You could still we could pick appraisers that. Did oh, yeah. good job and showed up on time. Didn't smell bad, you know. Yeah, it was a a, a better time to be an appraiser, in my opinion. You could uh, work relationships, uh, right? You know the 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 reason why they changed all the rules because they felt like there was some sort of nefarious activity going on there. But the reality is, I could walk into a lender and introduce myself, and you know, give them sort of my background and what I was doing and why I I should be working for them and. And I felt that was the way business should be done. Now it's a little different than that. It's a lot different than that. It's very different. And, you know, one of the things I recall back then, so I was in the ops side, right? I wasn't a producing loan officer at that point. I was an underwriter and operations manager through that era. And um, 
one of the things that I really liked was that um, we had an ability to to talk to to appraisers and sort of game plan things going in, know whether or not we um, were likely to have a successful appraisal or not prior to just committing and spending the money and then wasting everybody's time. Um, so that was that that was probably one of my more favorite things. Um, which has since been completely stripped away. Yeah, it's gone. Um, I can't tell you how many times now. Like I have a transaction just this week that I'm um, putting together for a, a house in a Tascadero. And um, these guys are doing a cash out refi to take care of a, a handful of things that are. It'll be nice for them to be able to do a refi. And. Uh, we don't know what their house is worth and we can get close. Right. I right. mean, I, I consider myself, um, as you know, in tune with that market as, as many people might in a Tascadero. And I, I look at it and I'm like, man, you know, I, your house is probably depending on the appraiser and, um, how they're feeling about it. It's between 500 and 560. Um, and we need 520 to be able to make this thing work. And so we're at this point now where I got to spend, you know, I got to advise these guys to spend 500 bucks as kind of their gamble is, is it going to be worth 520? Yep. And as you guys know, I, I can't tell anybody that like the appraisal management company, they're going to select an appraiser and hire them. And, um, but what I really want to say is like, Hey, if if you start working on this and it's just super clear that five twenty is not going to happen, pull the plug somewhere in the middle and let us know so we can at least get a partial refund, right? Like a discount, yeah, yeah. Whereas back in the day, it would be like I'd call you up and say, "Hey, Gary, what's the chances?" And you'd right. well, let me look at some comps and um, not that I was trying to push you into doing something you wouldn't do, but it's just a helpful thing to, yeah. like I said, to know if we were wasting everyone's time or everyone's money. It's tough, money. too, especially if you're looking for 520 and the appraiser comes in at 515. You know, it's like just shy of what you needed. Yeah. And it probably could have been justified at 520, you know, if he didn't know and there was a, a, a number they were looking for, although I suppose that still seems somewhat shady. Although mm-hmm. I don't A really little think so. shady. A little shady. But, you know, Tascadero is really tough, too, because Tascadero has no sort of rhyme or reason to housing, right? It's right. not like there's any subdivision or there's a couple now, but... I mean, generally speaking, at Tascadero, you could have you know a, a two story, twenty four hundred square foot house next to a Kwanzaa hut that's right. turned into a house. You know, it's like there's no. Uh, sort it's of very flow. eclectic, yeah. right? Yeah. So it, there's there's yeah. not that sort of uniformity from one one property to the next. There's yeah, a like few a, areas like that, though. Osos is like that. Yeah. The west side of Paso think, can be I, like that. I think much of the central no coast is that way. I mean, as compared to, like, my parents live down in, like, the Temecula area. <laughs> it's like, make a right turn into this neighborhood, and you've got 10 blocks of all the same house. And then yeah. across the eight-lane road to the other whatever something on a stucco wall homes you pull in there and there's 15 blocks of all the same home and that just goes on well that's because 20 years ago temecula was a block with a a cowboy honky-tonk bar and (laughs) that's really about it wood sidewalks and now it's you know it's pretty much a city now they call it mallville mallville because if you drive into temecula when you got the freeway there it's just you're in a mall like uh, it's all an outdoor mall but it's just big strip mall just 
strip mall, strip mall. Traffic is just insane trying to get like, there's across a lot, to the There's a lot of people bustling around. And, um, man, it's it's wild. It's like a whole different kind of life. Like I go down there. I love to go down there and, and see my family. Um, and it seems like everything we do, we go over to like the main exit, you know, from the 15 in Temecula. And you just need to know when you're getting in the car, you're going to you're going to be like in a sea of brake lights yep. and people everywhere funneling to seemingly the exact same place you're going. <laughs> um, and then when you get there, you'll wait again. Um, but, yeah, that Mallville is funny. And the the other thing that's cool about it, I guess, is that um, I should I wish I didn't say the other thing that's cool about it. The thing about Mallville <laughs> is that like there's like everything there. Yeah, no doubt. Right? Yeah. So like you want do you, it. where do you want to go? That it's all here. Yeah. And yeah. it's the chains and the I mean, and not that it's I don't want to say that it's good or bad, but I'm just saying you have access to it. It's all right there. It's yeah. uh, it's the, the other side of the coin, right? You you could choose how you want to live or what you want to do, and you're right. It's the same thing with going up to the Bay Area or going down to LA, you have the benefit of well, you know, what kind of food do you want tonight? And whatever you can come up with, you can go find it pretty easily. Whereas, you know, here in the where we live, you know, you're not going to find a lot of uh, a lot of options necessarily, right? Yeah, but it doesn't take me five hours to go 20 miles. That's the so, other side, right? you know, I'll, I'll take the trade-off. <laughs> but the thing that's killing me is what? why did Temecula blow up like that? Well, it commutes I, to L.A., right? Yeah, it's, it's centrally located between um, – you know, San Diego, it Orange County, it didn't move. Riverside, <laughs> San Diego, and LA were there no, twenty but I, years that ago. That whole area, oh, the housing prices, the housing, prices, the housing prices created it, and you could see as, um, like, when I was a kid, we lived up in Big Bear. My grandparents lived in Escondido, which is north San Diego County. And like you said, when it used to be like nothing in between there, you drive there was just vacant land, like you know, Cowtown the whole way. And um, slowly housing started creeping in because it was something that was affordable and commutable. And so they could just start dropping in these housing tracks and people bought them. And um, when the recession happened, they had um, like one of my buddies, his family owned um, some grading company. Right, yeah. They disowned heavy equipment and all these guys just pushed dirt around for housing tracks. And, man, they were booked out. Every person and machine they had was booked out for like four years. Just insane. Building, building, just building. Just ready to be – just ready to be as successful as you could ever be. And then when the recession started, they just um, – they they started pushing back. Well, we're not gonna we're not gonna grade for phase two of this track today. So, um, and then it was like so and okay. Well, we'll call the next job. And the next job was like mm. so within like a couple of months. All of a sudden, there was no work whatsoever. Just died. Yeah, just died off and um, super wild too. That was an area where homes went from six hundred thousand to two hundred thousand. Like that was just a brutal place to be, and I'm not talking as much specifically about Temecula as some of the the na- the neighboring little cities that were springing up in there, like over in Paris and um, mm. Romo Land. These different little like just tract home areas, you know. Yeah. Riverside County is just north of that, and that was like one of the hardest hit counties in the area, right? Yeah, that's a huge. I mean, in county. the country. It's just just brutal. Yeah, my first experience with Temecula was I pull into town. There's this ginormous honky tonk bar, literally, and I'm sitting there going, "How the heck are they going to fill this place?" Oh, sure cool. enough, though, a couple hours later, <laughs> people came from 
who knows where, and that place was filled. But uh, yeah, it was amazing how quickly that town boomed. And now there's a wine industry there too. There's a big wine well. industry, and there's a there's a gangs. <laughs> <laughs> well, well you know, there, there really is, and there's a um, there's a really strong vacation rental market there right now that's catering to that wine destination thing is that what's filling the vacation rentals really is the wine good bad gary's gonna know a bit more than i am yeah so uh you know i don't want to dog on temecula or anything they're doing their thing i think they're having a good time <laughs> it's a good it's, it's, if you're in san diego or la and you don't want to make the trek all the way up here yeah uh it's it's fun you have a good time you know everyone has their well, we're picking up what like. you're putting down without you having to say it. So yeah, no, it's good. It's we good. Can go Listen, on. my wife went down there because we have some friends down there. My wife went down there a couple of months ago and did the wine tasting thing. She came home with a couple of bottles, which obviously we, there must have been some some reasonable stuff. So, all right, yeah. all right. so other than being a realtor and a wine snob, what makes you tick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt, right? Oh. So, so anyway. there you go. Yeah, I mean, like I said, so I started the real estate appraisal back in 03. And then in uh, 2009, I got my real estate sales license. Figured I'd you know join the dark side, sure. playing the, uh, the both sides of this make, thing. Make some real money, baby. That's what you think, right? <laughs> it's pretty funny because you know the grass is always greener kind of situation, right? As an appraiser, you're running around making back then you're making 300 to 350 bucks for an appraisal, and you see these real estate agents making you know thousands, uh, five oh, figures yeah. on the sales, right? Oh, Why yeah. am I making 350? This guy's making 10 grand. Oh, yeah. I'm on the wrong side of the deal, right? But then uh, you realize that you know they make ten grand maybe four or five times a year, right? <laughs> and so they got to make it work. Whereas an appraiser, you're pretty much working all the time, and uh, you can make three fifty, uh, three fifty an appraisal all day long, lots of days. So, it, interestingly enough, you know that uh, if you were still an appraiser, we could bellyache about this pretty strongly right now. It's like you said, an appraisal back then was three hundred bucks, three hundred fifty bucks, and um, I think today. Appraisers are making about three hundred bucks, three hundred fifty bucks. No, they're making more than that. So, so I'm not, uh, I'm not, I don't do retail appraisals anymore, but I am the senior appraiser for the Department of Veterans Affairs. Okay. So uh, I'm, I don't do the actual appraisals, and I'm not uh, a part of the value of a house, but I am the supervisor for all of the appraisers that are certified by the VA to do a VA appraisals in the area. VA so just very, raised their appraisal fee. Yeah. So the VA pays six hundred and fifty dollars per single family. Uh, residential appraisal. Yeah. And then that's pretty much these days, I think somewhere between 500 to 600, 650. Yeah. I, for us, we have several AMCs that we work with and for a standard house, you know, in our area, it's, it's 500 bucks. And, you know, and I understand that the appraisal management company gets some portion of that for, you know, being middleman. Yeah. So, yeah. Now if there's a second unit or it happens to be on, you know, 1.2 acres or something, I often get that email. Hey, you know, I think we need a little bit more to attract an appraiser. Yeah. So that does I, happen. I do too. And yeah. to be honest with you, um, it's one of those things where I'm usually like, no, keep looking. And, oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, for a day or something, right? Yeah. But this just happened to me last week. I had a deal. Um, I quoted 600 bucks because this is a million-dollar property in Morro Bay. Um, the sales price is 1.1 and they came back and they said, oh, well, we have one appraiser that'll accept the job, but because it's a, a mill plus view property, um, with, you know, he has a, 
this dude has like a, an easement on the neighbor's airspace to protect his view into um, the bay. Yeah. So because of these things, it's going to be this much more work, and so they want nine hundred bucks. So he 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 bought the air airspace above his neighbor's. House. I guess. I Was guess Donald Trump or something somehow or other. Well, he bought the. He he limited their ability to build and block his. View. There was an existing home, yeah, and this guy was gonna. Um, I think this is how it went down anyway, and I I might be shooting from the hip a little bit, but I think what happened was there was an existing home on a lot, and this dude was getting ready to build a pretty significant home and didn't want to build a house and have its value be based on the view only to see this dude put a two story, put three a story second off. story up and, and then obstruct his view, which then would diminish his value. So what he did was he went down and just, he negotiated an easement on this guy say, Hey, you, and then everyone after you, um, let's make a deal where you can't go up and your house is your house. And the, it's some, some, anyway, that's how <laughs> it went down. Dude got the deal. And, so, yeah, so they come back and they say, oh, it's a million-dollar, you know, Ocean View place with this easement on the view and blah, blah, blah. And so we want 900 bucks. And mm-hmm. so I said no. And it wasn't even my money. It's just my client's money. So I said no. Yeah. Keep looking. And then less than, like, it was, that was at, like, 10 in the morning. And then at, like, 3.30 they came back and said, oh, we found somebody to do it for, I think it ended up being 6.50 or something. So yeah. So I said, okay. I tend to push back a little bit, too. But, you know, sometimes it feels pretty frequent. But I will say this. We've got to, I, I think we've got to go to a break in a bit, but but after that, we need to talk to Brown about what he does for the VA. It's actually really interesting, some of the stuff that he does helping disabled veterans or it's amputees mostly, right? Uh, It runs the gamut, but I mean, that's the general gist of why the grant that I work for uh, was started. So Awesome. All right. Well, we'll do a commercial break here. Um, Take some time out to uh, thank the sponsors of the show. If it wasn't for these guys, you'd have to pay to listen in... uh, so it's better this way. So we'll be back in a minute here uh, with more Mortgage Matters. Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home. Just call 543-LOAN-543-LOAN-543-LOAN-543-LOAN-543-LOAN-543-LOAN-543-LOAN-543-LOAN-543-LOAN-543-LOAN-543-LOAN-543-LOAN-543-LOAN-543-LOAN-543-
If you're 62 and over and have saved at least $100,000 for retirement, listen up. This commercial will help you survive retirement. Wednesday and Thursday, November 7th and 8th, learn the keys to retirement success and prosperity at Century Financial Consultants' free retirement survival workshop, where we'll show you how to create a safe retirement nest egg in today's unstable markets with guaranteed returns. You heard right, guaranteed returns, along with information on trusts, avoiding probate, lowering your income tax, generating income streams that will outlive you and your family, and so much more. Don't miss your opportunity to achieve peace of mind in retirement Wednesday, November 7th at McClintock's in Shell Beach and Thursday, November 8th at Upper Crust and Slow. Century Financial Consultants Retirement Survival Workshop is free and includes dinner. However, seating is limited and filling fast, so make your reservation today. Call 888-705-2405. That's 888-705-2405. California license number 0L23991 and 0175638. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. everybody welcome back this is a good this is a good pick jim you like it mm-hmm. and it could just be that um you know i have headphones on yeah oh it's great in the headphones isn't it oh yeah one of my favorite things to do is listen to pink floyd headphones yeah tell you what when i was a kid when stereos first started getting really good you know the speakers were the size of small children yeah. This was the album that people would put on to show off the yeah, ability should. of their stereo. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. should. That's amazing. Yeah, they would blast this. Yeah. I well, like and of it. course, it's uh, it's selected this morning because, because we get to see the old ritual. Of- roll the clocks back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have to do that yourself on your flip phone, or does your flip phone... <laughs> <laughs> it does. It, it does. It actually does do it. It's it'll so, auto. Yes, it'll. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just yeah. checking. I'm not trying to phone shame you. Yeah. yeah. I think it's great. No. Um, our guest on don't. the show last week, Steve Del Martini. I always give him a tough time because he's like a flip phone dude. I love it. I, yeah. You know, I don't need all this extra stuff. Doesn't the hinge you. eventually wear out? You know, you've had that no. thing since. They still sell them, dude. You can <laughs> no, get a they don't. current year flip phone. Yeah. Um, you don't have to pull the antenna out with your teeth anymore no, on the new ones, but no. um, yeah, you can still get a flip phone. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're coming. That's the new thing, actually. The um, I think Apple just patented their foldable screen so they can have the. New flip phones. I think that's the new things coming out. Well, you know, like the thing Star I like Trek about fans, it is, bad is the it. way it fits in my pocket. I don't uh, like this bulky thing in my pocket. It's just a little thing in my pocket. 
That was like <laughs> a little. A little <laughs> There's yeah, a lot of jokes like, there that uh, I'm gonna let go because you know we're on the radio. Yeah. Well, why won't this yeah. stay up? Could be like a good thing that you said coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew as soon as I said that that I was glad we weren't yeah. talking live. But you know, I have a, um, <laughs> I have an iPhone uh, Plus. It's basically like an iPad that I carry around in my pocket, and it's fine. Just. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say, man, my they're getting too big to fit in the pocket comfortably. Yeah, I, I my eyes need the iPhone Plus, but my pockets I just can't seem to justify putting <laughs> that big thing in my pocket. Yet. Dude, my text messages now say like three words on the whole screen. You got to scroll. He got, that, <laughs> he got that Reader Digest large font edition. Yeah. Yes, for my, sure. I just need I just need longer arms. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I can see stuff at uh, full arms length. Yeah, man, you guys are old. I. I'm good. I don't have oh. I don't have any of that yet. Yeah, you're a few years behind, but welcome to the jungle, baby. Things are going to start falling apart one piece at a time. Yeah. I... <laughs> Pretty soon people will think you're an ex-baseball player instead of a current baseball player. Right? Oh, for sure it'll happen. <laughs> you know, you'll walk on, meet somebody for the first time and they'll throw a, you know, they'll they'll throw a zinger at you right away. And, yeah. You know, I know. I saw that. I I saw that. You have to start taking like B, B vitamin supplement. Well, <laughs> Turn it all pink. <laughs> well, at least neither of you guys look like like when I met when I met Gary this morning. And of course, I know Will, but like neither of you guys exude the like I must respect my elders vibe. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's is good. good. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. like I can still rib you because you know I there's. You, well, you guys know We're there's a pecking order amongst men, and and there are men where you're like, I'm not going to rib this guy because he's old enough that that'd be disrespectful, and you guys aren't in that category. No, oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, rib away. Okay. Yeah, there, there's still, yeah, we can still take a joke. Do you, you have an Android phone? So you have an iPhone, Gary? Yeah, I just got the new iPhone. What is it? The oh, check you uh, out the XS or the 10s, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, not because I'm some guy who stays on top of technology, although I do know technology. I mean, but I had the iPhone six until I bought this one. So I ran that one for four years before I got a new phone. Yeah, I ha- yeah. I-, I have the seven plus, and um, you know, I-, I like the new phone things. I-, I would not mind having a new phone, but um, I just put a new battery in my phone like last week. Did you know that the Apple Store? Will put a bat. They have a promotion right now where they'll put a brand new battery in your phone for like twenty seven dollars or something. Yeah, it's twenty nine dollars. I think it's coming to an end, so you better do it quickly if you're going to do it. But I did that to my iPhone six, and uh, it made a huge difference. Oh yeah, it's, I'm back, baby. Yeah, my, it was. My phone works just like the day it was new. Um. So and those new iPhones are like the thousand or more dollars. It's or absolutely ridiculous. Now, all, you're carrying a full on computer in your pocket now. Is what's happening. This is true, and you're paying for it. I only yeah. did it for the reason that the phone, the six was just getting to be too slow and it Clunky, wouldn't do yeah. the things that wouldn't I needed it to do. I got the, you know, the Ring Home uh, security system and uh-huh. all that, right? And people ring your doorbell and you could answer it from your phone, and it wouldn't. Uh, my phone was so slow that they'd be gone before I could ever get connected to the, <laughs> to the doorbell. So I was like, well, this isn't really working, you know? Yeah, that doesn't do anything for you. No, I could see them walk away. <laughs> hey, wait, come back, come, yeah. come back, my it's choppy, but I see you. Yeah, so. Yeah, I went for an unintentional swim a few weekends ago, and uh, cost me about eight hundred and ninety nine dollars, and uh, many days of frustration trying to get contacts and everything back into my phone. Oh, that's right. I remember you said you lost all your contacts. Yeah, you I fell, think you I fell think in I the pool. Fall in the pool. 
It was actually a hot tub. The step was quite a bit deeper than I thought it was. I was doing multiple things at one time and with your phone in your pocket. But well, I was just trying to get to like my knees in in the hot tub. Right, I was going to sit on the edge, but uh, that step was about four feet down. It seems, and uh, so I kept going and going, and eventually <laughs> fell. Yeah, in, into the hot tub. So um, it didn't work out well. Oh, I wish I was there. Did anybody film it? No, but you know, if there wasn't a person sitting across from where I fell, you would have went head underwater. I would have busted my face on that uh, on the concrete side. Oh, this is that story I heard the other day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's limit that story. But yeah, no, my phone unfortunately uh, died, and your life is it's in that phone these days. Well, the well, then you had one that was old enough too that it wasn't waterproof. These new ones are waterproof. Yeah, I, I think I could fall in the jacuzzi with my. Yeah, I think I can't. If I hop right back out, Absolutely. I think I could with a new one. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I'm one of those guys. I don't like change. You know, I got used to using that phone. I knew how to use it. Everything yeah. was great. Man, you're dating yourself again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So before the break, Gary, you um, you were about to tell us about uh, what's going on with your uh, interaction with the VA. Yeah. So. Um, with my appraisal background, I, I uh, took a job with the federal government. So I worked for the Department of Veterans Affairs as a senior appraiser slash SAH agent. So the reality is I do the appraisal stuff. I'm in charge of the appraisers as far as monitoring their work, uh, making sure they're following the VA guidelines for appraisal. But what I do most of the time is this specially adapted housing grant. So uh, it's a grant that was established for disabled veterans, uh, it was originally established for veterans, like like you said earlier, that had lost use of both their legs or one leg and one arm kind of thing, amputees, or even just uh, lost use. And so they were in a wheelchair, so wheelchair-bound. And so the grant was established to uh, go in and help them modify their home to make it wheelchair accessible. Yeah. So they get two forms of ingress-egress so they can get in and out of their house really easily and in an emergency. And then we modify The other focus is on their bathroom. So mm-hmm. we'll take their bathroom and completely redo it into a – completely uh, a wheelchair accessible bathroom. So a big shower, this roll in, roll under sink, toilets, the whole area, uh, wide doors, that kind of thing. So we have those mandatory things that have to be done. And then we can, once we satisfy those requirements, then we can actually go uh, out and about and do other things in the house, uh, take carpet out, put flooring in. Um, honestly, these days we can do a lot more as long as we satisfy those original requirements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. I mean, uh, do you ever get to talk be... about a rewarding job? It's pretty awesome. Yeah. It sounds epic. Um, just helping make somebody's life easier. I, I truly, I call myself a government philanthropist because uh, I really just go around to veterans and give them money. I mean, that, that's kind of how it feels sometimes, right? That's nice. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, paperwork and work involved in it, but, ever, the, but it's you, just a good thing. So, Do you ever get to be there like, and see the people that are benefiting from this or are you on oh, the no, paperwork uh, side of it where you, it's just abstract stories? No, 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 I'm absolutely hands-on. So I, my territory covers up to the Bay Area Peninsula, over to the Modesto area, down to Bakersfield, and then over to San Ynez Valley, so, and then all the way up the coast. So I have a huge territory, and I, uh, I go to uh, the vet. When we first get assigned a veteran, I literally go to their house, meet with them, wow. go over everything with them, and then we Man, go over to their house and take a look at it and see what they need. For those guys, that's got to feel like the like Oprah's just showering on you that you're, you're about to get. <laughs> Well, you're, <laughs> but truly, though, I mean, no, Matt, uh, yeah. like it's Gary's seen this hands on, um, but you got like a, you know, a dude in a wheelchair that's got thick carpet and steps up and down and is wrestling, you know, whatever stairs to get into the place or whatever. And all of a sudden somebody shows up that's going to just remedy so much for you. 
I, I, I've had, you know, it's a, sometimes it gets kind of emotional, right? But I, I've dealt with veterans who tell me that um, they have to go rent an ADA hotel room so they can take a shower. And so here, you know, here I come to help them make it so they can just take that shower at home. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, giving them accessibility and, and able to get in and out and move around and be a little more independent so that they're not, uh, you know, just constantly having to be carried or, or moved around by somebody else. They have a little bit more independence. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's, it, it, like I said, it's, it's the most rewarding job I could, I've ever had in my life. And I, and it's the most rewarding job I could ever imagine having. So yeah. I can see myself doing this, uh, you know, until I retire for sure. There's no reason for me to stop. <laughs> Dang. Are they going to hire a partner for you? I'm pretty good, man. I don't I'm think lo- I need looking, any help. So. I'm looking for some part-time work. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, you know, their job, the, the job is all over the United States. Since, like I said, we're on, we're on the ground at, um, meeting with the veterans. So if you have uh, a desire, you want, you can go to usajobs.com or org, whatever it is, and take a look. Probably .gov. I don't know if it's a government thing. I think it's a – it might be, though. usajobs.something. Yeah. Just search for USA Jobs. That shows it'll tell you what it is. Yeah. Google's brilliant that way. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, pretty cool. But, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. How does so. the grant get its money? It's uh, federally funded. So, you know, however, it's through Congress. It's a law. Uh, if they ever wanted to change it or, or remove it, they would have to pass a law to do that. So, and so then there's an annual allocation that you guys just get so much money and go determine based on need how to sprinkle it around? No, it's there's no allocation, man. If there's a veteran, they get the money. It's not uh, – we don't have a limit. There's a there's one particular class of a veteran uh, that's pretty pretty rare. So that they have – there's a limited mon- uh, amount of, that we grant for them uh, and uh, – but otherwise, if you're qualified for our grant, then you get it. There's no, wow. there's no shortage. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. All right. I, and now the screen says Mike is on the phone. Usually we try to play it off like um, you know we're wizards or something, but we this time I'm just uh, going to tell you the screen says Mike, Mike is, is on, on the, the phone. phone. Mike points. Mike points. That's right. Everyone, good morning. Hi, good morning. Mike. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Another terrific edition of Mortgage Matters here. Love oh. you guys. Oh, thank you. Um, I got a quick a quick announcement um, from the floor here. Uh, I have a good close friend and one of our sponsors that I do seminars with, workshops, if you will, quarterly. And we have our last retirement survival workshop of the year coming up next week. Many of our listeners from Mortgage Matters have been to these workshops and happily raise their hands that they listen to the show. But for those listening now, I wanted you to know that we have a retirement survival workshop this week um, on Wednesday at McClintock's in Shell Beach, the the location on Maddie Road, starting at 4 p.m. And it goes till about 6.30, uh, 7 o'clock. Dinner is served with this workshop. And then on if you can't make Wednesday, we have one on Thursday as well at Upper Crust in San Luis Obispo on Los Osos Valley Road. Um, the workshop is really quite inform- informative. It's for those who are over 62 years of age. We talk about um, how to protect your hard-earned assets in retirement, uh, reducing income taxes on your Social Security benefits, lowering income taxes, how to evade, avoid probate, how reverse mortgages can help you get through uh, the golden years of life. And so all types of topics I think people are really thinking about if they're planning what they're going to do in 2019. We'd love to have you. If you're interested in attending the Retirement Survival Workshop um, next week, please call this number to make your reservation. 
It's 800-838-8422. Again, that's 800-838-8422. Matthew Hollander and myself, as well as Clay Schroeder, a local probate attorney, will all be there to help give you information that's both relevant and helpful for as you, as you plan your asset protection. Well, guys, that's that's the announcement. I, I want to thank you for having me on, and I really am enjoying the show. Keep keep on keeping on. Thanks, Mike. All right, guys, take care. Audios. Um, I I knew that Mike was going to call, and you know, obviously, it's it's fine for him to call. the The couple of things I just want to say about that, real quick, is um, first of all, um, it's a surviving retirement workshop. And obviously, it, it is geared towards, um, you know, folks 62 and over that are trying to, to figure out how to survive retirement. I think that's a real thing. Uh, one of the things, if nothing else, you go to this workshop and these guys will, will help you figure out um, one of the, the most simple questions um, that's a very complex question at the same time is, should you take your Social Security early or delay it? Um, and everybody has an opinion. Um, the, the reality is, is that there's no right answer that fits everybody. So, um, I've heard good things about the workshop. If you guys missed that phone number, I didn't write it down either. Um, but you can call us too at the office. We'll put you in touch with Mike points. It's five, four, three loan. Um, so there you go. It started with an 800. Yeah, it was eight. It, cl- thank you. We're narrowing yeah. it in. So now there's only like. We know the first three digits. Three digits. Yeah, now there's only like 70,000 yeah. possibilities. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's probably not even true. I just made that number up. Yeah, yeah. You I think it is it not true. I think it's much more than that. <laughs> so, so too. Gary, it probably is. There's a, it's a factorial. You got to do math. Uh, you. So. Earlier, you said that you're a real estate agent, the right. the real estate agent. Agent Gary Brown. Agent Gary Brown. Yeah. And tell me the name so, of your company again. It's HomeSmart PV and Associates. And are you uh, – so a lot of real estate companies have some kind of um, – I was going to say gimmick, but that has a negative connotation, connotation to it. they got something that they're focusing on, some angle that they're working um, – yeah, I Any, mean anything with your guys' company, just old fashioned real estate firm. You know what these guys are? These guys are awesome. I love what they you know do as far as the a gimmick or a shtick or whatever you want to call it. I don't think they necessarily have one. I mean they're they're all about uh, they're all about the agents just doing what they want to do. I have my own shtick, as it were, the agent Gary Brown thing, agent GB. Um, I drive around in an Aston Martin uh, mostly because I want to, but. Uh, the you know when I first started doing real estate I was driving a uh, BMW 740i which was the James Bond car right yeah it's like the Mac Daddy Beamer right yeah so I kind of was playing around with how to get, brand myself as a real estate agent and uh, coming up with a URL and all that so I just came up with Agent Gary Brown I thought it was kind of funny I got a, a James Bond ringtone on my phone and all that kind of stuff right so uh, I just carried that on and now I'm driving around an Aston Martin DB9 so uh, you know my shtick is just Agent GB or Agent Gary Brown. The reality is, though, stick aside, you know, my thing is about getting people into the homes that they want to be in and are going to want to be in in a long time. We live in a small town. 
you know, Paso Robles, even the, just San Luis Obispo County, the whole area. It's, it's a fairly small community. And, uh, you know, I'm going to run into these people on a regular basis. So um, I try to put people where they're going to be happy being. And um, and then I try to, of course, be upfront with people. I think with my appraisal background, I'm able to go in when I'm talking to people about listing their home, give them a realistic view of what that is going to sell for. And then, you know, we can try to market it for a number that will, you know, get us where we want to be or where we think we can be, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of... Uh, I don't want to talk about other reasons, but you know, one other way to do that is to tell people whatever they want to hear uh, or or promise them what they want, uh, but that, that isn't always necessarily the case. Um, sure. So, you know, getting your finger on the pulse of the market so you can really not waste a lot of, a lot of time or if there's, you know, if you have time and you want to try to see what the market can bear, then, you know, we can we can sort of play that out. So, uh, you know, so on the selling side, that's kind of where I'm at. I've done a couple of, uh, of high, high sales uh, for the area. I sold a, a home on... Uh, on Olive Street and Paso Robles earlier this year, that was, uh, as far as I know, is the highest priced sale in the area. Um, just because I think that you know the house was just uh, unique and it was a tough one to comp. So because it had a you know had a little studio in the back and that kind of thing, so it was not easy to comp out. But you know we got there, and then I did another one in Morro Bay uh, just a couple months ago actually that we sold for you know top dollar, one of the highest sales that for the area, and uh, just the house was just super clean and it just it was a. Uh, it just it, it it warranted it, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. And then I just uh, just put some people that came from South Carolina, a Navy veteran actually, who uh, came here to work at Diablo, and uh, put them into a house, and it was like sight unseen. They'd never been here, and wow. uh, I had to you know work with them over the internet. What, what houses were out there, what were available, going to the houses, taking video, you know, shooting them videos, and 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 talking to them about the neighborhood. And you know, I felt uh, I took a lot of responsibility on that one because I figure. You know, I'm going to sell these people this house, uh, and they're going to they're going to have never set foot in it when they make an offer. And uh, I felt like, man, I, I better make sure I'm being upfront and giving them everything they need. So, I, you know, I really took it so like I always do, but I mean, I, I literally tried to at this point really had to make sure that I was doing everything, you know, as good as I can for them. Those are the people that moved in already and are giving you death threats. Yeah, no, they. I just got a, I just got a, <laughs> I just got a text from them a couple of days ago, actually telling me how much they love it and they're super happy, and you know, it makes me feel good that uh, it worked out like that, right? Yeah, that yeah. that's awesome. That is a lot of responsibility, man. Yeah, it was heavy, man. I, uh, I mean, I always work hard, but this one I was like really trying to make sure I, because you know, when people you take people to a house, you could have an opinion on the house, right? I can walk into the house and go, I think this house is amazing, and then they're going to be like, I don't like this, or I don't like that, or it doesn't fit for me, it doesn't work for me. Uh, or you could have the other way. You could walk in and go, this place is you know horrible. I can't stand this. And like, I love it, right? So yeah, you know, you have to be really careful as a real estate agent. Is uh, you know, don't don't put your feelings on on the people you're showing a house to. But in this situation, they weren't there to do that. So I had to to take the videos and try to really sort of describe everything in, in, in crazy detail uh, to really paint the picture for them. And, you know, they uh, had uh, – the husband had been to California, but he'd never been to Paso Robles. Wow. And so he didn't even know the town. So I had to, to tell him about the town and, and sort of help them to understand where they wanted to live. And they have little kids, what school they wanted them to go to. That's like wild. That. So it was pretty cool. That's cool. It was a – it was a fun deal in the sense that, uh, you know, I felt like I was really helping somebody out and uh, getting them into a place that they're going to be in for a long time. So it was cool. Wow. Good stuff. I couldn't imagine buying a house sight unseen like that. I, I, I would find it pretty difficult myself. I mean, I guess it makes it easier that you could do like videos, like you said, walkthrough videos. Yeah. We're kind of filming things and stuff like that. But um, one of the interesting things about, just I think kind of the human condition is is your sense of of place, like your sense of where you are. Yeah, and sorry. um 
you know i i mean that like from the large picture even to the small view it's like you're in a city um the the cities are in the county so there's just all these different parts and you're like you gotta you gotta be able to understand how you feel being in that place i i would think before you can spend a half a million bucks on uh more, so it, was more it was more it was more than that yeah you're right i mean like like that's a crazy amount of uh, of faith in somebody, right? To, yeah. to spend that much money hoping that uh, you land in the right place. So I always say this too, um, and and some people agree with me that this assessment's spot on, and others are like, nah, I, I disagree. But I think buying a home is just truly it's a it's a process of settling that is like um, just a process of elimination where you just get cooked down to what's available and doesn't have an automatic disqualifier and you're usually just like yeah we can deal with that it's got some of the things from your wish list but um not others you know it's like it's also unless you're building yourself your dream home you're going to be settling at least on something right that's what i did for um you know our friends that live uh in santa isabel ranch right yeah i was showing them houses and they were looking in the you know uh million dollar range they were up there so i was showing them million dollar homes and it was like yeah, this is great. I mean, these were beautiful, beautiful homes, right? But they were very particular what they wanted. So they'd come in, they like this part of it, but they go, I don't like that part of it. And I like this, but I don't like that. So it's just constantly. And finally, just listen, you guys, you just need to build a house. Yeah. Let's just find you a piece of land that you can buy. And then uh, let's build it because you guys are, you know, you're very particular about what you want. And I think that's awesome. So you're going to, we're not going to find that. Right. And since you want that, like really, really do want that, let's just build it. And so yeah. they did. And, uh, I think they're pretty darn happy with it now. Yeah, they're pretty happy. <laughs> I will say this though, like every little decision they they really labored over it. They made a lot, you know, they yeah. they took every well, decision. Well, million bucks is a lot of money. Oh yeah. And, yeah. And and you really in real estate right now, you really need like a 10-year plan. So, well, the uh, other thing that's nice about what they did in building it and, and I, you know, I certainly want to talk people out of doing that, but well, we'll we can get to it I guess after the Yeah, we're we're heading into the top of the hour break. Um yeah. we we can talk more about that. I also want to spend your time, uh, spend some time with you talking about the market right now too. Um, yeah. Especially given your background in appraising. But yeah, we have the top of the hour commercial break here. So this is a five minute break. You can go uh, water the dogs, freshen up your coffee, grab another whiskey, whatever it is you do. We'll be back with a whole another hour of Mortgage Matters. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. Look at that hair. Oh, this man. is definitely eighties. We're all we're on the air. Definitely. We're all just staring at the video. <laughs> <laughs> Mesmerized by it. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah. What's this song called? Too much time on my hands. Oh, okay. It takes a while to get to the hook in this song. But so, you, so we had um, what was time the, by uh, time by Pink Floyd? There's a theme developing here. Too much time on my hands. Wasn't this Paradise Theater? Wasn't that the album? I believe so. Yes, I've yeah. seen it live. I've seen Sticks live. It's a great, great show. Even now, yeah. But um, even during the news break, ABC talked about time and how we have to change our time this weekend. Yeah, because everybody wants it to be dark at like four in the afternoon. Ugh. Yeah, no, I'm not a fan. Me neither. Much. There's the. There's. There's the. <laughs> there you go. And if you've got too much time on your hands, then tonight you're going to get one more yeah, hour. One more hour of yeah. time on your hands. Yep. Yeah, I struggle when the time changes, man. I don't get up well. It messes me all up. I hate when it's dark. Yeah, I hate not being able to go outside after work. You know, I, 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 like, I yeah. like summertime. Like right now, I'm getting up. It's uh, 6.45, and it's kind of dark. It's pretty much dark out right now, and I don't yeah. really mind that it's dark out when I get up. I just don't like when it's dark before I get off of work. I know, I know. You don't want to go out back. You don't barbecue as much anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I know, yeah, I just yeah. built a barbecue in my backyard, so. It's, it's very nice barbecue. Yeah, it's very right. nice barbecue. And I'm not, not going to get to use it as much, although I think I probably will. We do live in California. It's not like it gets so cold or rains, uh, rains much. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I've met your group of friends. <laughs> we'll be out back. Yeah, any, we'll be Anyway, the yeah. lights work. There's a TV there. There you go. And, there you, uh, go. you know, it's a fully stocked bar. So what are we doing tonight? Yeah. Is there a game on tonight? <laughs> no, I don't yeah. think so. World Series is over. Yes. Yeah. There isn't any games after that last World Series game. What was it, three? Mm. Well, they lost in game five, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, but game three was like the longest oh, oh, baseball, right. go- baseball game in You had 19 uh, innings. Yeah, history. Was it, eight, it was 18, I think, right? Was yeah, it? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I think, they, I think they, they Dodgers won at the bottom of the 18th. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Which is pretty nuts. I, I think I watched it until about the 16th. I'm like, I don't even, I don't even, I don't, I don't hate the Dodgers. Why am I staying up to watch this? I gotta go to bed. Hey, no, I, I, I don't know. I was barbecuing for the boosters at the football game, right? Oh, yeah. And I told my buddy, uh, Tim, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to make it. He was having everybody over to, uh, to watch the game in his backyard, you know, barbecue up some stuff and drink some, uh, some adult beverages. I showed up for like five hours of it. The game yeah. was over, and or the game wasn't over. The football game was over. The baseball game wasn't over, and it was know, a long one. We were there forever. Back yeah, east, it was like, it had to be like middle of the morning. I I'm a baseball fan. I watch a lot of baseball. Yeah, and it's my it's my sport, and I, I try to be aware of it because baseball's long, right? And yeah, so it it can interfere. So I I try to be pretty cognizant of it. And um, but anyway, so it's playoff baseball, and um, we had plans to go to the movies and so that's fine so i had the game on um i forget what time the movie started um sometime after the game so i was like well it's fine we'll go to the movies uh, i was like i guess i'll just like kind of track along a little bit if i can and if not no big deal i'll just you know review the highlights tomorrow mm-hmm. we got home from the movie and was like check this out baseball i was watching baseball before <laughs> the movie now i'm home for the movie the game's still on watching baseball yeah and then finally um it was late right you guys know it was late i i went to bed and so i was like watching in bed my wife was getting kind of annoyed and so then finally um yeah it was like the 17th inning or something and i'm like i'm done 
So I just, I'm like, I don't care enough. I rolled over and went to sleep. <laughs> it was like, did you even turn off the TV or did you leave it on? It was on sleep, but just turned way down. Yeah. And I woke up in the morning, Max Muncy, you know, and I'm like, are you kidding me? See, yeah. I'm, I'm a Giants fan, so it was, from, it was like I was definitely not rooting for the Dodgers, right? So I knew that would happen. I'm like, I'm not going to stay up till to 1 a.m. just them. to watch the Dodgers walk off this thing. This will really be... Like, it'll be hard yeah. for me to sleep then. If I just go to bed now, I'll be okay. I'll just wake up in the morning and get the score. Yeah, you didn't right. want the excitement before you had to no, go to sleep. No, no. So yeah. I did the right thing. I made the right choice. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah. That's um, another show, I think. That's another show? Uh, that'd yeah. be a sports show. Yeah. Sports talk and recipes or something. You want to do that one, Jim? We think? did that show for a while. It, oh, it failed. Right. It failed. Major <laughs> it, it was sports talk and sports, recipes. Sports recipe, yeah. Sports recipe, yeah, <laughs> man. Was really? like talk about the matchup and who's gonna play who, and then uh, and what you should eat. What would pair nicely with a little crock pot chili and some pinot mm-hmm. or whatever was the whole show. Yeah, I see. Did. Yeah, I see. I'm into, I'm into doing that show. We just do it without the microphones, right? Let's just go do that. <laughs> Let's just yeah. go do that. Yeah, we should we should talk about you know what kind of beer to drink during a sporting event when you're watching. Well, I think she did that too. Did she really? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, she did that. It was yeah. I mean, it was fine. Just it was for fun though, right? Yeah, and that's part of the problem. You know, we've been doing mortgage matters here for like ten years, so um, it is fun. Yes, we love the. Um, you know, we keep doing it because it's so fun. But it's also part of the. It's part of the. Uh, like what you do for work, you know, it's part of the recipe of of how we work. So it's work. Two, right? Yeah. Um, if it were just for fun, I probably would have stopped, oh, nine and a half years ago. Oh, for <laughs> sure. For sure. Um, all right. So I, uh, I've i been eager to want to talk to you about the market. Um, I, I don't know yet what side of the fence you're on, but um, I'll, I'll set you up this way. I got a bunch of, um, as you guys too, I'm sure, but my it seems that my friend circles and my peer group is just loaded full of people that are in the real estate and mortgage business. So I, I feel like I know um, a lot of these guys. And um, we have uh, market change, market change... Um, advocates and then we have market change deniers and um i think (laughs) (laughs) i i really i obviously i say that a little tongue-in-cheek but the um i feel like part of it is we got some group of people that are just wanting to predict like the the new next correction and collapse like almost like they're salivating at the opportunity to be the first one to be like i told you so it's all it's all right. it's all just going to hell in a handbasket and then and then the flip side of the coin is and i probably i probably find myself on the on this side over here is you're crazy the um Obviously, appreciation isn't going to keep up forever, but um, we have such a supply and demand problem, and the the supply problem is just being held down by people that have ultra-low interest rates now on fixed-rate loans 
with Prop 13 protection, all these, there's just so much reason why people aren't going to be wanting to to sell and move and do the things. And I just, I feel like um, the real estate market right now is probably going to stay buoyed um, almost no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, uh, I'm not the one running around saying it's going to crash, but to, you know, I think those guys are running around figuring they're going to be right eventually, right? If they just keep saying it, eventually they could be right. I suppose, right? Um, well, everything cycles. Well, I just so, keep yeah, hearing. Right. So, yeah. and, and this is this is probably the sentiment of the ones that that bugs me a little bit is um, the markets changing. Um, you know, prices are coming down and will continue to, and ultimately. Um, we have peaked, and you should just accept that. Okay. Well, so I don't see prices coming down, so that's number one. I don't, I don't see that happening right now. I do see a, a somewhat of a, a slowdown over the last couple of months. I don't, I don't think things have been going crazy with the, with the exchange, right? So I, I don't think that there's a lot of volume necessarily, although you guys might have a different opinion in the loan department. So when you, when you say slowdown, though, you're talking about just less properties changing hands? Yeah, there's not. A, it doesn't seem just in the last couple of months. So, I mean, it's not unusual for this time of year for that to happen anyway, this, right? Does this mean though? I just want to understand what you're saying. Does this mean that there are homes that are sitting on the market now for extended period of times? Eh, there's not a lot of that. There's not a lot of things coming out on the market, to be quite honest, right? So it, 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 there are some things that are staying out there longer, but they're usually more of a fringe thing, or someone was really trying to push the market on price. Um, it, it, it's not that it's not selling. It's just maybe just not quite the hustle and bustle. But again. You know, school just started. It's we're coming into the holidays. We got an election here next week, I think. Right? I think I think I've heard that, um, and I think so. I think my, people might be kind of waiting to see what happens a little bit in that regard. So it just seems like you know, I, I think this is a normal as an appraiser. This is really the time of year that it slows down. I just every every year that I ever was an appraiser, I was I got a plan for you know Christmas time. I guess like really in the beginning yeah, of the year yeah. when, when markets crazy, save some money so that come Christmas time. You know, I'm uh, I'm good. I'm no worried, right? But then every year I wouldn't do that. And yeah, come Christmas, put yourself oh, in a gosh, you know, What's going on? Am I, am I going to be able to survive? You know, every year do the same thing. So I think it's kind of uh, to be expected. <laughs> that's why I got that ulcer. Yeah, uh, it's that, yeah. that's that stress ulcer yeah. of uh, cash flow fluctuation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So you got to plan for that. But I, so I don't think that's going crazy. Pricing is not uh, not coming down because again, go back to what your point was on the supply and demand. Right now, there is just a serious lack of supply. Um, and there's still yeah, a demand. So, but I'll tell you, like the demand doesn't seem right at the moment is pressing. Well, that's, because, what, that's yeah. where I was going. Yeah. yeah well, you know, I, I, I used to, was writing prequels, cons- multiple prequels for. I'll concede that point mm-hmm. that the demand is not probably white hot right now, which I think is um, a fewfold. Mm-hmm. Um, one is just um, if you're a home buyer or a first time home buyer. Um, or you're a move up home buyer or whatever. You just got to be exhausted right now. There's not on. There's not a lot on the market. Um, for the last two years, every time you turn around, rates are going higher. Um, prices are firm and increasing. And like I was saying earlier, buying a house in most markets is a process of elimination where you ultimately kind of settle on something that. Um, has the fewest amount of disqualifiers, especially if it's a uh, two people buying a house together. Now you got to marry up the the wish lists of two people and, and deal through those. I think it's a ne- I think it's a negative outlook on buying a house, man. 
It's not. You got to like get more positive. You know, it, it, we can find you what you want. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a, good, a good agent. Could find you what hey, you wanted. Agent Gary Brown could get it done. <laughs> All right, yeah. we'll come back to that. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. I'll change your mind that um, that the reality is is in that a good agent is going to help people accept the settling of uh, purchasing. Is that what it is? The best available option. A good agent makes you think you got everything you wanted. Uh, no, a good agent would just would just help you accept the reality of the situation. Is that you're in a. <laughs> Uh, you're not going to get all of your wish list items unless you build your own home. Yeah. Well, and, there's no doubt. And even then, you're probably going to have to settle a little bit just based on budget. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so just kind of going back, though, um, buyers are probably a little bit worn out, mm-hmm. right? It, it is light inventory, so it's hard. Like, you're not um, – like – Let's go, man. I, I have a $430,000 budget. Um, uh, let's let's go. Show me houses today. I want to see 15 of them. Yeah. Take me. Uh, and I want to be near the golf course because uh, I like that part of Paso. Take me. I want to see 15 houses today. And you're going to be like, um, we'll be done by one yeah. as I'm going to show you both of your options. And by the way... Uh, you know, these guys are already threatening an offer on that one. So what do you want to do? I, that, I think that's kind of the state of where we are today. I agree. And that, that can be very uh, disheartening when you're a buyer and you're trying to find something and then you find something that, like you said, you know, you find that it's going to meet your needs and this is the one you want and you make the offer and then you get outbid or, uh, you know, you come in at full price and someone comes in higher or, you know, whatever the deal is, that can be very, very frustrating. I mean, this is a big decision, right? And so you're buying a five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand dollars house. So you that's a you, you're committed. Like I love this house. I want this thing. I really want it. I'm going to pay a half a million dollars for it. I really want it. And then you don't get it. That's that's brutal. Well, oh, so yeah. that could be that, well, that can I think wear on you if you're not careful. But um, I would we, say that know. there's undoubtedly fatigue. There's people that I remember at the beginning of the year writing. You know, multiple, multiple prequels for, and they are putting offers in on tons of houses. And oh, those yeah. people have really slowed down. Not disagreeing with either one of you, but there's definitely some fatigue that's involved. The other thing, though, is I've tried. Well, like, but you're talking, though, that's a great point because I've the same thing um, with my clientele is I've had people that are they're on their ninth offer this year. Um, you know how much like gumption it takes to sit down and scratch out a $500,000 offer and then miss it and then do another one on Thursday and get ready to pull the trigger again on Sunday. And now you're in all of that emotional kind of thing. Then at some point it's just like, well, I guess we just need to start offering full price or above on anything and just get lucky. Um, That's a whole, that's wild. Like you were just saying, Gary, that, um, and it was reminding me of that emotion when, you know, just, I've bought several houses in my life and there's just that part where you're like, you can, you got to stand in the living room, um, kind of picture your stuff in it. Pick, does this feel like home? Yeah. And you kind of walk through and you're like, I see me living here. I see me like, you know, with my TV on the wall or my kids playing ping pong over there. And um, this could be home. Right. Um, yeah. 
I'm 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 that kind of guy. So I mean, maybe not everybody's like that, but I'm like that. So I I, I play it out like uh, for the next couple of days until I hear back on this offer I've made. I'm living there in my head. Oh, you know, yeah. I, I've got it all worked out. I've got the mm. commute down and uh, the, what I'm going to do in the backyard, where the barbecue is going to go. You know, I got this whole thing worked out. Yeah. So, you, you know, you, I'm emotionally invested in this thing pretty heavily. Yeah. And then all of a sudden to have it to, to lose it, they didn't even counter you. Your full <laughs> yeah, price that's... offer. <laughs> right. You wrote a full price offer. They didn't even counter you, and you're going. What? Yeah, why why am I not even you in the didn't game on this? Me? Yeah. yeah. I would have I would have paid more. Did you just, you didn't want to call my agent and find out why I, am I willing to pay more? Um that in that kind of stuff is happening. Yeah, and I think um, you, you brought up the point of looking around at, you know, houses for $430,000 I think you said was your budget. I mean, just as an example, the a house down the street from me just went on the market, I think for 4 26 or 429 so right 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 at that number there doesn't have a view of the golf course unfortunately but um you know right down the street from me and it was on the market for i think one day or two days and that's probably just how long it took for them to you know sort of negotiate whatever offer they did get and yeah. get it off the market so you know that price range that's the part that's i think kind of tough because that's where you know, there's a large sort of pool of buyers in that price range right sure. that's where people like have a good job and you couldn't afford that kind of price you know the 700 800 houses you know that's a different sort of group the four hundred thirty thousand dollars house—that's pretty much, I think, a good majority of the people that have, uh, you know, that live in the area. By so the way, that market's crazy hard. I think to get that house. line six hundred—it seems like under six hundred gone. Yeah, well, no, over yeah. six hundred, maybe not as maybe not as quick. But you well, know, you're talking though, and just just to be real clear about that for the people that are listening along, you know, a lot of our listeners are just folks that don't even have a mortgage anymore, and they just like to listen to show. Um, a $430,000 house, roughly $2,500 a month mortgage for somebody that has a low down payment. Yeah. That $600,000 house, roughly $3,500 a month for somebody that has a low down payment. So um, $2,500, buddy, we can scratch that out. Um if you and if you have a two income family, you can probably get that done with like you know a reasonably good job at like Costco and uh, at the school or something. That that's attainable. Thirty five hundred dollars a month mortgage. Um, somebody's got to be special. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I kind of somebody's got to have some down payment or some scratch or a pretty good job some that income. they yeah that they look forward um with confidence, right? No doubt. And and there's some similarities in this economy today to the '07 era. Ooh. Um, there's some similarities he there. where he did go there. Didn't he went he? there. There's some similarities where you got some people making some money, yeah, right? But- and they're throwing elbows around. I'll check me out. I'm in a VRBO <laughs> this weekend again, and I'm going to Mexico <laughs> next month. And I got I I did just pick up. <laughs> it's a new like a boat. financial mosh pit in his description here. Well, I but know. I'm just saying is that you got people feeling pretty good now, yeah. and um, and right now. Like just want to just uh, just claw this part of your mind a little bit that like eighteen year old kid who wasn't really paying attention to the economy eleven years ago yeah um, he's thirty now and he's got all that cocky sass and confidence of like we're balling um, has no idea what it feels like to watch companies fold up and um you go from well i was making a hundred grand a year and now i'm part of a mass of people that are willing to work for 60 um and if you're at a hundred you're that six hundred thousand dollar house um 
come and get it. You know, you got another income in the in the in the family that that can help out, and it's all smooth. Um, but but my point is um, that six hundred thousand and above thing. You got those people now are sitting back on. Hmm, that is a big mortgage. It's very big. And how is the like company? And how what does happen? How many months of reserves do I have at thirty five hundred bucks a month? And so as you start to get above that, um, you know that buyer's more discerning or whatever. I think that borrower that that buyer is just looking at that thing, going, "Man, you really, whew, that's a lot." And is now the time and kind of hang out a little bit on it. That's a big. You're talking economic confidence now. You're th- you're saying that those people no longer have the economic confidence because a minute ago they were moshing around. I'm not, no, I'm, I'm not exactly following. <laughs> I'm I'm just saying um, again. Uh-huh. If you're gonna buy a six hundred thousand plus dollar house, yeah, somebody's special there. Some somebody's oh, got okay. something going on. So you're defining two groups now. I yeah, yeah. Or, or or they're moving up. I mean, they could have sold something that they had before, well, so they had, so they had a bigger now down you payment. Have some equity. You're talking sure. about a, a first time buyer or a low yeah. down buyer, but yeah, yeah. But right now, though, if I'm a move up buyer. Um, Let's just say I am. Let's just say – so I have a house, um, and I'm going all hypothetical here, but I'm just going to tell yeah. you that there's a real deal that happens a lot lately. Let's say I bought a house for $390,000 six years ago, okay. and today my $390,000 house is worth six twenty-five. That's probably pretty real in most parts of the county. So I'm going to I'm going to sell my house. I'm going to have uh some commissions and some closing costs and those kind of things. And now I'm going to net a couple hundred thousand bucks. Um and I'm going to buy I want to buy an $800,000 house. Um I'm going to make a $200,000 down payment. Um so okay, cool. Well, one of the problems is as we like – because this guy shows up in my office too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we look at, okay, well, Will, your first thing is um, your property taxes are going to go through the roof because you were paying on 390 and now you're about to pay on 800 yes. So your property taxes are going to double. So that sucks. That's a car payment every month, your property taxes, 400 yeah. bucks a month difference. You're going to feel that. Second, Will – you were my as my client. We rode the heyday. Remember that the uh, the Obama years when we got you that three and a quarter thirty year fixed. Mm. That was a good play, wasn't it? Um, super stoked. You had a really nice low house payment. The difference today. Not only are you borrowing more, but your new interest rate today is going to be five, maybe five and a quarter at that loan amount. Um, interest difference. Just the interest difference. It, we're talking three, four hundred bucks a month, and now you also, as I'm buying up, going from the you know the six hundred thousand dollar house, the eight hundred thousand dollar house. Yeah, I have a couple hundred thousand dollars to put down, which is awesome. But I also need to borrow another hundred thousand bucks, so that's another six hundred bucks a month. So you line that whole thing out, and now me just to move up from my six hundred thousand dollar house to my eight hundred thousand dollar house, I'm realizing a change in my monthly obligation of about fifteen hundred bucks a month. No, absolutely. That, and that's and gonna, so, that's but now what? People. So yeah. now I sit back and go, huh, 
<laughs> look good on paper. I did right. like that backyard. <laughs> yeah. that, they had a they had a pizza oven. And now like, you're imagining yourself staying in your house. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I am because how about this? Love it or list it, right? How about this? Now I sit back and I'm like, fifteen hundred bucks. I mean, that's like another job. That's a ton of money. Imagine if you had an annuity that produced fifteen hundred bucks a month. I'd be happy. You'd yeah. be so stoked. Yeah. So too many people. Um, and and now I'm going to just go for full circle on you before we take our break. Um, that's the supply problem. I don't want. I just went through that whole exercise with you. I don't want to sell my six hundred thousand dollars. I'm good. I mean, you know what? No, let's, let's put absolutely. the Viking. Let's put the Viking stove in, and uh, and we'll put a barbecue out back and make this thing a little bit better. And so that's that whole deal that just sort of I think perpetuates the the supply problem. Even though demand might be going, uh, we got to think about that higher price range is going to think a little bit. The entry level stuff is still flying off the off the shelves. Um, well, I, I, have some, I, have, I have some insight on that, too. I think when we come back, we can talk about why I think that is, too. Okay. Uh, break time. Um, want you guys to lis- listen closely through this break, um, not only at the ads and stuff like that, uh, but when we get back, Jim will have picked another song, and we'll see if he's... Something about time. Yeah, see if he's any good at, at keeping the theme. So stick around after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. Too often, potential home buyers disqualify themselves believing they need perfect credit. The fact is, we can finance home buyers with low credit scores, collections, bankruptcy, foreclosure, or short sale. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved. Just call 543 Loans. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-396-08. DBO number 605-473. MLS number 328358. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. If you're 62 and over and have saved at least $100,000 for retirement, listen up. This commercial will help you survive retirement. Wednesday and Thursday, November 7th and 8th, learn the keys to retirement success and prosperity at Century Financial Consultants' free retirement survival workshop, where we'll show you how to create a safe retirement nest egg in today's unstable markets with guaranteed returns. You heard right, guaranteed returns, along with information on trusts, avoiding probate, lowering your income tax, generating income streams that will outlive you and your family and so much more don't miss your opportunity to achieve peace of mind in retirement wednesday november 7th at mcclintock's and shell beach and thursday november 8th at upper crust and slow century financial consultants retirement survival workshop is free and includes dinner however seating is limited and filling fast so make your reservation today call 888-705-2405 that's 888-705-2405 california license number 0l239991 and 0175638 through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. 
For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness. Takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. It's just a jump to the, well, the song, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, yeah, I knew it was. Everybody got the toast and the rice. The Dude, do you remember yeah. the first time you showed up to one of these where they did a live performance in oh, front of the gosh, movie? Yeah. Yeah. I've never done that. I've never uh, done that. That's pretty fun. In call? No, really? Oh, yeah. No. 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 I, I, I had a couple of opportunities or whatever, but it just seemed so weird. That's nerdy. because it, it was, was weird. It was <laughs> weird it was and fun. dirty, but yeah. it was fun. It was yeah, fun. I just uh, didn't do it, so. Oh yeah, you throw What's rice that? at the wedding. You squirt, uh, you squirt a, a water gun at the in the rain scene. Oh yeah, there's toast. Yeah, I remember something they do a toast you and you bring toast. Yeah, the, the, the whole thing is interactive. It didn't yeah. happen. It didn't. It just fell through. Whatever I was going to go, it didn't, it didn't happen. But oh, I don't think man. it was like I'm not going to that or anything like that. Water major celebrities: yeah. is Meatloaf, Susan Sarandon, Barry Bostwick, Tim Curry. Yes, yes. And, you know, I was in Richmond, Virginia, yeah. which was a very rock or Rocky Horror Picture Show <laughs> kind of place, I guess. It did a lot happen. of weirdos. A lot of weirdos, yeah. And, <laughs> hey, and you're like in early early 90s, you know, early 90s. It's, uh, uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah, I, will, I will say the first time I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I can't believe this is really happening. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I think it's probably it better crazy. than actually just watching the movie. Oh, it was fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. The movie was almost unbearable. It's pretty horrible. Pretty yeah, people would come dressed up in costumes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the only reason why you could get through it is because yeah. it's like interactive. I, I never did it because um, I grew up in Southern California, yeah. mm-hmm. and the people I knew that were super into Rocky Horror Picture Show, I would, I'm not going anywhere with them. <laughs> they were weird people. Yeah. Like you just, yeah. however it was that their path crossed yours in life yeah. was yeah. just like, mm, I'm discerning enough to know that we're not hanging out recreationally. Yeah. Hey, well, so, sometimes you've just got to go be a spectator at stuff. And, That's and fine. I'm sure it's stuff. great. And to be honest with you, I'd probably go today. Yeah. Because now I have that, like, yeah, I'll go and, and see, <laughs> you know, yeah. what makes your motor run. It sounds fun. I get that it's yeah, a cold yeah. 
setup. Definitely cult classic. Yeah, I would. Sure. I would go. Sure. I would. Do but do they do it anymore? I don't know. I don't know. But I definitely wouldn't say it was my thing. But there's many things that I've seen around that uh, weren't my thing that were just fun to watch happen. Yeah. Like yeah. One, one time yeah. we're at an Ultra Four race, right? So. Mm-hmm. Unlimited engine size, rock crawlers, desert race, this whole bit. And we show up at the hotel afterwards. I want to say it was in Reno. Mm. Uh, you know, it was in Reno. We show up at the hotel afterwards, and there were these, like, I don't know, 19 to 25-year-old people that dressed up like stuffed animals. Mm. Oh, yeah. And, and cartoon characters. That's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So to me, this was very, very strange. But I will tell you, it was a it was an evening of watching people that entertained the hell out of me. It was good times. Good times. Not that I would ever do it. But sometimes you just got to go check out what others do. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks to the internet, that kind of stuff is all, <laughs> all those super room. weird people found each other. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You yeah. would have been all like, think they were just alone in the world. Yeah. Yeah. When you see a, a, a 300 pound sailor moon, um, you know, age 35, it's, uh, it's, it's a sight to see. Crazy. Sight to see. Um, all right. Well. Hey, so back to what you were talking about. Yeah, you, well, yeah. Gary, Gary you were about to tell us about um, that. Uh, yeah, so that, that that market we were talking about again, we're going back to that sort of four hundred and thirty thousand dollars market, right? You, you brought it up already that that house payment's going to be in the neighborhood of twenty five, maybe a little less. I guess interest rates are probably bringing it up to that twenty five hundred dollars number. But now you're competing with rent. So if you're an able body buyer, you can do it. You know, you've got no reason why you can't do a mortgage. Why would you go rent a house for that kind of money when you could just buy a house for that kind of money, right? So that that market at that four thirty is that's where you're going well should i rent and and lose all you know just lose all just put, you know pay all my money away or do i buy something where i can at least you know write the taxes sure. off write the interest off and and i own something now so that market is smoking hot for that exact reason and the rental market especially in north county and i think pretty much most everywhere uh is just insane right now it is so uh, hard to get that's a place. the case in in most of the county is the rental market is just bizarrely tight um, it, it's really difficult to find places for rent where you'll be the applicant that gets picked. And there, cause there's a, there's a fantastic, um, quality of renters that want to rent today. Right. Um, and, and so, yeah, and you're right that the closer you are, that entry level housing, the, the rents are, they're very close to what the mortgage payments would be. Um, and oftentimes the difference is um, that barrier to entry is is the down payment, and you know that's one of the things I think if there if there is anybody that's listening right now that that's like man I I would love to but I don't have a down payment. Um, there are you know let's look if you have a great credit score. So I, I understand if you haven't been able to to save up fifty thousand bucks, but as you've been scrapping your way here, if you have a great credit score, um, a conventional loan with 3% down is knocking. And depending on um, – and 3%, by the way, you're talking you could buy that um, that house, that $430,000 house. You, you need thirteen grand plus probably something for closing costs. But there's even workarounds for the closing costs. So um, you should – most people can can um, find their way into thirteen thousand bucks, and if not, um, just by savings. You know, sometimes it's selling that other car or or whatever. You know, there's there's ways 
to try to get close to that if you're if you're in the wheelhouse of it. But um, so it's not. I, there are a lot of people that that still think that you need twenty percent down, and so they're thinking, "Well, I don't have eighty thousand bucks." And yeah, yeah, most first time home buyers just don't have that kind of money, right? And that's the particular group of people that I think are, I don't know, that got to a point of fatigue because those people early on were very, early on in this year, they were very, very active. Yeah. Riding lots of prequels. And then inventory, while it's still low, definitely picked up a little bit. That range still not. I think those people got tired and I think some of them went and rented houses. But you know, I think it's time rental for them to come back. Too. Yeah, there is rental fatigue trying to find a place. Yeah. Particularly if you're a young person because if you're a young person, the typical renter, you're now competing with people, like you said, with great credit scores. You're people that, you know, stereotypically in the past would have been buyers. And, you right. know, it's kind of, you don't, if you're a landlord, you're going to pick the person with the best credit and the most likely to pay, you know, you the rent on time. And my daughter and her husband are trying that right now. They are uh, trying to rent a place. They've done so many applications. Now. I mean, they're, they're paying <laughs> hundreds of dollars a month in application fees, right? They keep paying these application yeah. fees and then they just keep getting, uh, Pick, you know, losing out to some young family or just some situation where it's, they're just, you know, and, and from the investor side, the guy who's somebody with less neck tattoos or a le- one less pit bull. My daughter doesn't have any neck <laughs> tattoos, man. We try to say. <laughs> I know that was pretty brutal. Yeah, kind of right for the jugular. Yeah, yeah. On that one, right? Like he meets you first off, he calls you old, like right away, old and fat. I and then you you, you bring up your daughter, and yeah. he's making her out well, to be a rocking show. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you said it's all right, man. My daughter's well, listening, probably. So you said my daughter and her husband, and then they you do have said, a, they do have a dog, but it's not a pit bull. That's good. <laughs> that's a big strike against you when you're a. It's tenant. a little dog, right? No, no it's a big um, dog. It's uh, a husky lab. Makes a sweet, sweet dog, but uh, but you're still a dog. But you said my daughter and her husband, and so I was picturing. Oh, so you know, stable married couple. That's better than like two college age roommate guys, right? And then you're like, <laughs> yeah. they lose out to a young family. And I'm like, oh. Uh. I guess they are kind of a young family, aren't they? Aren't they? Yeah, 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 think yeah. About that. I guess they need to have a kid just so they can rent a house. <laughs> maybe they'll, maybe they'll or say a, you have one. Maybe, there's a market for that. They could like a rental, kid rental. A just, kid rental? <laughs> hey, a kid go rental. rent a kid to make yourself look yeah. better <laughs> today, right? Yeah, exactly. I think, we, I think we just discovered a niche here, man. Yeah. Oh, I'll probably let someone else take that one on, though. Yeah. yeah. I would encourage <laughs> I would encourage you to not uh, misrepresent your family status on your rental application. I would recommend the same. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, the, I think the 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 next worst thing to getting not getting the house would be to get in and then get kicked out because you lied. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, it's also really hard to, especially I like, I know a lot of property managers. Well, look, let's. Talk about you. Let's call you the landlord. We're going to rent your house out. No, I, and I, then I here's, can see it. And then here's a couple, and here's a couple, and they both are like make a hundred grand a year. They both have twenty grand in the bank, and they both have an eight hundred credit score. And like this couple has a dog, and this couple doesn't. Yeah, you know, when you're the investor, you're just looking at strictly at numbers, right? You're, you're, it's a risk reward thing, right? You're looking at what's the higher risk, what's the lower risk. I'm going to take the lower risk. It's unfortunate, so. Your dog, how old's your dog? Is he going to pee on the carpet? Well, I don't know. Probably not. This one, no. This one, she's but, this is an old dog. But but the other people don't have a dog. No, I know. I know. <laughs> so yeah, there's yeah. like Listen, no tried, likelihood of it. Years ago, I told my daughter to get rid of the dog. <laughs> but, but, it, that, but, but that went over like a lead balloon. So yeah, she still but has it the dog. sucks, right? And, yeah. and so unfortunately, that's just the reality. And, and hopefully, though, they'll happen across um, somebody that – 
owns a house that's dog people, right? That yeah. the, even the landlord is like they just the you know those people that meet a new dog and all of a sudden they're on their on the floor on their back like rolling with the dog and you're like, oh, you really like dogs?" Yeah. Um they probably eventually are going to find their fit with somebody that really likes dogs and doesn't believe that that's a a deterrent, right? Um See, I don't know cuz I really like dogs. I end up on the floor rolling around with them quite often if I had a renter. Mm, no dog. You see, I, I, if I, I have the option. I understand what you're saying in that regard, <laughs> but I guess because I've gone through this experience as a renter, I would probably not do that. I would say, you know, people have pets. And so I'd probably say no cats because uh, I'm not a big cat fan, but uh, the dog thing, it's kind of hard to tell a family you can't have a dog. You know, it's just brutal. And then it is brutal. The, I guess the deal is, I mean, this is the market, right? Where you could say no dogs and you still rent your house out in two well, seconds. Well, I just, somebody needs to come out and file a suit. Maybe your daughter should do this. She should sue some people for dog for discrimination? discriminating against her for um, being a puppy person. I don't think that a dog owner is a protected class, though. It is if it's a service dog. Ooh, yeah. There you go, lion again. Companion. <laughs> well, no. I'm pretty I mean, confident everything... you can buy that like vest Gary, online anytime. Yeah. yeah, you can. And Gary, <laughs> does this dog have a calming um, effect on your daughter and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. provides yeah. her a certain level of comfort and happiness that she's come to expect? I, I think so. Yeah. I think so, so. It sounds like a service dog. It does. Hey, um, then you can't discriminate against people that like beer. It gives, me a certain le- it gives me a certain level of comfort. <laughs> <It's a service laughs> beer. I like beer. Oh, that was a joke. Yes. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah, yeah. The, the rental market is tight. The housing market's tight. Um, so you're, you, you're obviously, in, as compared to most real estate agents, you've got, um, you've got some diverse background, quite a bit of experience. Um, Obviously, a, a nice long tenure um, in the business. What changes right now? Where um, the the and will I'll ask you the same thing? What what's on the horizon? Like, what should we be looking for? Is the downside? Like, why 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 is waiting the right? Why is this the right time to wait to buy? I, I think you're gambling, right? I mean. You, you, you do you buy now you're gambling you wait you're gambling I suppose but I, I think if you're waiting around you know you can see right now tr- you know, interest rates are going up as you guys already talked about prices are not coming down they're staying pretty stable so if you're waiting around you're gambling that I suppose you're gambling there's going to be some kind of market uh, you know correction or bring down it's going to bring the prices and the interest rates down I don't know that interest rates are really going to come down a lot more than than you know where they're at these days I mean it, it, it was crazy they were as low as they were I think for as long as they were I think it's, I think it's pretty nuts but. Yeah, I don't think waiting is the right idea. I yeah. mean, let's just say the prices do come down on properties. The rates undoubtedly are coming from an historical low, and they're. I'm not saying they're not going to fluctuate in the short term, but the long term trajectory is up. Period. It is. It's going to be up. They're not going to be as low as they've been. Um, we know that the Fed is um, going to keep pushing forward. We know the right. market conditions are going to continue to you know put us in a position where. The rates, I don't think they're going to skyrocket because I feel like it's one of those, you know, one of those little slips where you put your fingers in and it traps both fingers as you try to pull them out. Oh, the Chinese finger puzzle? Yeah. Yeah. So I I kind of feel like that's going on a little bit in the marketplace. But if you're waiting for the prices to drop and your interest rate goes up, you didn't win. Yeah. You're still in the same payment. And if people, for the most part, you're looking at how much am I going to pay for this house, period, over term. So if the price goes down and the rate goes up, 
you're pulling on two sides and you're not necessarily going to come out the victor. So my thought would be roll now. And a lot of those people that were in that price range that got fatigued because it was so difficult to uh, find properties that they could afford. It's, I think now's the time for them to start looking. It's there's less people out there looking those, some of those properties are coming on the market and you just have less competition, you know, and if you think that things are going to change substantially and it could, but I mean, if you think they're going to change substantially on the price side, you've also got to recognize that it's likely to change on the, the entrance expense side as well. We yeah. should be offsetting. I, I, I think that the the crash we had before, you know, a lot of people might think that that was just some cycle that happens and it's going to happen again. I think the reality is that uh, that crash was pretty specific for a reason, and it was you know a lot of nefarious activity going on by lenders and you know subprime mar- markets and things like that. And I don't, I don't think they've gone back to that. You know, we've we've, we've got people back in houses, we've got people getting loans, we have got interest rates low, mm-hmm. and I don't think uh, that. Uh, I'm sure they're you know doing something they shouldn't be doing in another area. I don't think they're doing it quite like they were then on the housing side of things. So I don't think the bottom's going to fall out of the housing market kind of like it did before. So even if it does have a you know correction one way or the other as far as coming down a little bit, I don't think it's going to be something crazy like we saw before. Yeah, and 2000. interest rates I don't think are going to go back down to the threes and stuff like that. I just don't. I I think that was kind of a, an anomaly. Or I agree. Trying to, trying to get us out of that, and I think we're out. So I don't. We've think talked a lot about um, that false affordability with all the wild loans, and um, it was crazy how uh, with arms and a first second combo and interest only first and balloon second there was just really so many ways to create a really false affordability um those were all vetted out when when we had the big crash but i'll tell you one thing that i don't hear talked about a lot that um really strikes me as a a substantial difference from this time to last was um in 2006, I one of our close family friends owned a house that was two doors down from me. And at the time, I was renting. And this was a model match house in Los Osos on uh, 16th Street. And there was a house in between us that wasn't a model match, but it doesn't really matter. These were the same house we lived in. And um I didn't have any special deal. I'd rented my house on a 12-month lease through um, property manager out in Los Osos. Um, I had procured the one-year lease for 1400 bucks a month. This is a three-bedroom, two-bath with a two-car attached garage. Um, nothing special, you know. It was kind of run-of-the-mill deal. Um our buddies that lived two doors down worked at Cal Poly was talking about moving back to Michigan said, Hey, I'll, uh, I'll sell you my house and we'll do it without real estate agents, save some money and give you a sweetheart deal. That's messed um, up. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course I was in the loan business and, um, you know, so we, we hammered the whole thing. I want to be fair to him. So we sat down, we figured that whole thing out. And, um, the, the house was worth at the time was worth about five fifty, and um, so I looked at that. You know, I had some down payment. I could I could get into the deal. I could qualify for it, but I was looking at this thing, going, "Man, I got to do like a first and second to avoid the mortgage insurance and the the whole thing." It comes out, it's, it's going to cost me with all this 
crazy deal we're going to do. It's going to cost me a little over 3000 bucks a month to buy this house. And I rent the exact same house, two doors down, 1400 And it's like, yeah, but, you know, rent's 100% interest. Oh, okay. Still doesn't justify paying double per month. Right. Um, and then it was like, you know, all those things that, that go in that conversation. And, I, and ultimately didn't do it because um, the disparity between what I would have had to pay to own versus what I could pay in the normal market in rent. I was just better off, you know, to not own. And the one of the reasons I bring this story up, like I said, there was all those crazy loans and all the stuff, right? Um, today, that house, again, is about a $550,000 house down there, if anyone's selling it, because that's another super light market. Right. But you know how much it costs to rent the house yeah, two that's doors say, down? That's what I said. The difference isn't the house price. The difference is the rent. The now. rent's through the roof. Right. The rent now, I mean that it's yeah, it's almost three thousand bucks to rent that house. Yeah. So um, that's one of the things that I want to convey to um, people today that are sitting there, kind of contemplating whether this is the right market to just hop into. Is um, when you buy the house, and this is true for everybody that that has bought a home without like daddy gave me a hundred grand to put down or whatever. Um, when you buy the house, the mortgage payment's always a little more than rent. That's normal in, in most markets in California. And as such, there's an adjustment to your lifestyle, right? Where it's like, well, gosh, now instead of paying X, I'm paying $600 a month more or $1,000 a month more. So you're going to adjust. Maybe you're going to have to save less or whatever. There's an adjustment to some part of your lifestyle. But two, three, four, five years in, you'll pick your head up and you've made the adjustment. You likely have also got a promotion at work or a new job or whatever, and things are doing better for you economically, but you kind of pick your head up and look around and you say, hey, I'm really happy I bought this house four years ago. But the no rents doubt. have caught up. I'm in a good spot now. I feel like I have a little bit of equity. I own a little piece of America. Um, those things all feel real good. And um, then let's look 15 years down the road, 15 years down the road. Um, I now owe like half of what this house is worth. Um, I can have some, even some little fantasies about, dude, I could just cash in on my little Atascadero chalet and head for Arizona where my equity buys a house outright. And so there's like, you start to feel like the having got into this mix um, it creates a, a it, actual security, not just the sense of security. It creates options, and um, and all those things are um, all based on you gotta you gotta get into the game and not be a renter. Um, figure out how to own something. Yeah, you know, you, you, you brought up a great point there. It's literally a year, maybe two at the most, where you're you know adjusting to this new schedule and this new deal and the new budget. But honestly, after that, you know, I, so many times in my life when I bought a house, it's the same thing. I, and I, normally, you buy a house, I go, I don't know, I'm going to afford this. You know, it's like this is crazy. You know, yeah, but you scary. start crunching the numbers, you know, and you get in there, and then after a year, you're like, I just this is so much more comforting. You know, as a rent, I've rented houses as well, and just that sort of not knowing what the future holds for you, as far as you know, the rent, the owner could come and say, I need you out, and I got I'm moving in. Yeah, you could be, or you know, something happens. It's like you could be told to go in April. Yeah, you can't <laughs> knock a hole in the wall to mount your TV or whatever it is you want to do because you don't own the place. You know, there's a lot of uh, benefits to owning a house that I think are outweigh 
the little bit of adjustment period that it takes to, to get comfortable with the whole thing. Yeah. All yeah. right, we're running out of time. We did it, guys. Two hours of talk radio. How's that feel? Um, oh, Agent Gary Brown. Agent Gary Brown. Hey, man, thanks for coming on today. It's a pleasure. Nice to get to know you. Yeah, um, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it, man. It's a, you know, it's always a good time. But If you guys want to reach out to Gary, you can email him. He's Gary at agentgarybrown.com, and Gary and Brown are just like you would think they were spelled. Yeah, I get people trying to add an extra R in there, add an E at the end of Brown. I'm like, Don't no, do it. Just a simple, the simple way. It. Gary Brown, um, phone number. What do you like? You like to give out this phone number on the radio? I don't care. Yeah. All right. You can uh-huh. prank, prank call him if you want or call him for a listing, 805-610-5719. If you miss that or you're in the car and don't have a pen, you can call us. Uh, 543-LOAN rings all of our offices. Um, if you're listening to a conversation today or you're thinking about a coworker or a kid or somebody that could use some advice and pre-qualification, give us a call, 805-543-LOAN, or check us out on centralcoastlending.com. Thanks again, boys, for being here today. I really appreciate it. We'll be back next week with another live episode of Mortgage Matters.